We're going to look at several different passages today. We'll start off in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. We're going to talk about fathers today, talk about our Heavenly Father. We'll look at a few different scriptures, not too many. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 is where we will start. And if you are not able to follow along with some of these, if I, if I go too quick for you today, just please let me know at the end of the service, and I'll be glad to print these off for you so you can go back and study them in the context. We'll spend a few minutes today talking about fathers. Let's pray, and we'll dig in. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you that we have the freedom to come into this house and to praise you and to read your words. And God, I pray that you would help us to grow in your word today. God, I thank you for being a good heavenly father to us. And God, I pray that as we study these words today and think about our fathers, that more importantly, God, we would think about you. And so God, I pray that you just bless these few minutes we have together. I pray that you hide me behind the cross and Help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory to you. Just take away any pride or nerves that I may have today that I can open my mouth up and it'll be good words that come from you for us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, I will be a father to you. You will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now, in this verse, God is talking about his people, those who follow him. What does God say about those who are his? He says, I will be a father to you. Now, this is language that we see all throughout the scripture, that God is our heavenly father. And I think that it's significant when we see these illustrations that God uses, when he compares himself in some way or his relationship with us in some way to something of the world that we know. We see this in a couple of different forms that I think are very important. One of which is that of marriage. When God talks about our relationship with Jesus and Jesus and the church, the illustration that he used, the example that he uses to help us understand what that relationship is like is that of marriage. Uh, we are familiar with marriage in this world. When a man and a woman come together and they make a commitment to stay with one another for life and what that commitment involves, that the husband is to give all to take care of the wife and the wife is to be there in support of the husband. And we see that language and we understand what that relationship looks like. And God says, now think about that relationship and that's what the relationship between Jesus and those who follow Jesus is like. Jesus is our groom. He is the one who has given all for us, and we are his bride. We, we live to serve Jesus, grateful for the good husband that he has been for us and provided all for us. And so that's a powerful illustration. So when we think about marriage, we have to think about that connection that God makes between Jesus and Jesus' followers. And here we see another example, a powerful example. Who does God compare himself to? What, what earthly thing does God say, I am like this? Here's what you are to relate my relationship with you to. And that is the role of the Father. God is our heavenly Father. And he says, and you will be sons and daughters 
to me. And so when we follow Jesus Christ, when we become God's children, we are just that, God's children. We are sons and daughters of God. Now, when we think about the role of the Father, what are some roles that we think about when we think about fathers? Well, we can see several throughout Scripture, but nothing really shows us the role of a father more than, than the, 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 the actions that God does for his children, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. God is the example, fathers, for what a father is to be like. Now, I suspect ever, all the fathers I see here today, if you have children, your, your children are, are, are grown, uh, but perhaps there are some who are listening online and perhaps you are a father-to-be or a father with young children. And it is important for us, if we want to be good fathers, men, to look at the scriptures and see how God deals with his people. How is God there for his people? How does God provide for his people? That's the example of what a father is to be like. And that's why God, I think one reason why he refers to himself as our heavenly father. And indeed he is. Another passage we will look at today is in Psalm 103 verse 13. Psalm 103, verse 13. Now, there are lots of passages in Scripture that speak of a father. We're only going to look at a few today, but what are some, what are some qualities that a good father should have? If, if we want to be good fathers, men, what are the qualities that a good father should possess? And we see a few of these in different stories and in different Scriptures throughout the Bible. In Psalm 103, 13 we see that fathers need to be compassionate. It says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now, it's important for a man when he is raising a child to be compassionate to that child. And there are lots of things, I believe, that come along with that compassion. Uh, when a father has compassion for his child, he cares for his child. He loves his child. He provides for his child. These are all the things that a father is called to do. We need more good fathers in our world today. I'm afraid that there are many fathers who have dropped the ball. Now, I am blessed and fortunate that I have had a good father, but perhaps there are other young men and young women who have not had a good father. There are some young men and young women who have not had a father at all. Their father has not been a part of their life, and that's a crucial part of, of growing up. We need fathers in our life, and we need father figures in our life, as Mr. Sidney shared in Children's Church. There are lots of men around us, if we're a young man or a young woman, that are there and ready to help us and ready to help bring us up if we ask them for help. And that's important for us to remember, men. Uh, we need to be there for our own children, but perhaps there are other children that we encounter, our grandchildren or children who are not even related to us in any way, but yet we want to be good examples to them. We want to be good examples of what it means to be a man of God. And even if we are not that father, we can show them the, 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 the godly qualities that God wants us to impart to a younger generation. And we need to be uh, compassionate 
to our children. We need to be patient with our children. I, I think that that's probably a hard one. And this is a this is a tougher subject for me to, to preach on because I'm, I'm not a father, so I don't have first-hand experience. But I would imagine that being a father, it's probably hard to be patient at times. I'm sure raising a child is very difficult. And there are lots of things that your kids probably do uh, that's probably hard to be patient. But being a father requires good patience because that's how children learn. When children come into this world, they don't know everything. I know by the time they get to be 13 or 14, they think they do, but they don't. They still need a good father to be patient with them and say, golly, he just thinks he knows it all. He don't know nothing. Well, it's the father's job to teach young men and young women what it's like, and that requires patience in the midst of compassion. It requires someone who can teach them, here's how you need to do this. Here's how you can handle this situation that comes along in life. We see a good example of that compassion and, 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 and what that compassion leads to in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 20. We see this compassion uh, uh, acted out for us, and we see what this compassion looks like in a, in a physical sense in Luke, chapter 15, verse 20. This is a... A more popular passage that maybe some of you have heard. It's a story that's often referred to as the story of the prodigal son. It's about a father who had one of those hotshot sons who thought he knew it all, and if he just had a pocket full of money, he could go out and figure things out. And he asked his dad for his inheritance, and his dad gave it to him. And this young man went out on the town thinking he had everything figured out, and he learned pretty quickly that he didn't have a whole lot figured out. He blew all his money he had, and he was in a mess. Now, perhaps you fathers know some sons or daughters who have done that, or perhaps some of you have done that yourself. Maybe you are guilty of the same thing. It's likely that some of us were just so foolish as the prodigal son. But here we see the response of the father. Now, you know it had to have been tough for this father when his son left. You know the father in his wisdom knew that this was not best for his son, but he let him go anyway. And that's probably a, a harder part of being a father, I would imagine, that when you see your son or your daughter making a bad decision and you know it's not good, but sometimes you may just have to let them go and let them learn that lesson. But that doesn't mean that you don't love them any less, and that doesn't mean that you should treat them any less, even if they make some boneheaded decisions. Well, this young man in the story made some boneheaded decisions to, 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 be, to be nice, and uh, he realized there was only one place he could go. He needed to go back to his father. He was hoping that maybe his father would provide for him, and indeed he did in Luke chapter 15, verse 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. Now, here's a good example, fathers, of what a father should be like. Now, it's inevitable that, that fathers will be proud of their children, and hopefully their children will do many things to make a father proud. But it's also inevitable that there are going to be some things that a child will do and their father will not be proud of the things that have been done. Now, I would venture to say that all of us are guilty of that. We've probably all done things and acted in a way that our fathers were not pleased with 
what we have done. But that doesn't change a father's love because deep down inside, there probably is not much that a child could do that would cause a father not to love them. Now, I could be wrong. You, you fathers correct me about that. But I'd venture to say that 99% of the time that most fathers long for good relationships with their children. And even if their children have done some pretty bad things to them, chances are that they are willing and ready to mend that relationship. And that's what happened here. Now, this father had let his son go off and do all this wrong stuff. And we may have a tendency when we know somebody is in the wrong to say, I told you so. Now, the father could have done that. He could, that could have been the first words out of his mouth when his son got back. He could have said, I told you not to do that. And the son probably would have said, yeah, dad, you're right. And maybe we have used that approach sometimes, whether we're dealing with other people or whether it's our children. We probably have all used the I told you approach, and maybe at times that's, that's necessary. But that's not the approach that the father had here. As soon as he saw his son coming back, his son had this whole speech prepared. He was going to tell his dad how much he had blew it and how sorry he was. But as soon as the father saw the son in the distance, he, he ran to him and hugged him and was glad to see him. And he had compassion on him. And that compassion led to forgiveness. He had forgiven his son. Obviously, he wasn't holding any type of grudge against his child. And maybe... If we are children and our fathers are still alive, perhaps we need to examine our life. Maybe our relationships with our fathers are not what they should be. If you're a child and your relationship with your dad is not what it should be, well, good news. You're still breathing. You're still alive today, so you can begin to mend that relationship. Chances are, if you hadn't talked to your father in a while, he would probably be glad to hear from you, and not just on Father's Day, but any day. And you might be surprised to see that your father may have the same reaction to you that this man had to his son. He had compassion, and with that compassion came forgiveness. There are sadly many relationships between fathers and children that have been broken through the years. And maybe, maybe for good reason. Maybe there were some horrible things that have occurred in those relationships. There are times that fathers do not always do what is good. We long for good fathers. We look at God who is a perfect father. But truth be told, not every father is a good father. And that, that's what makes days like today difficult and sermons like these tough to preach because we want to acknowledge the good fathers and the good roles that fathers should, should lead and the examples that they should lead by. But the truth of the matter is we may not have all have had good fathers. We may not think about our Father's will on this day. This might not be a day that brings joy to our hearts for some. It may be a day that brings sorrow to our soul and anger to our soul because of things that our fathers have done or because of things that our children have done. Well, if we're a father and our child have, has sinned against us in a great way, well, it's important for us to forgive them as our Heavenly Father has forgiven us and to let them know that we love them and let them know that we forgive them. But the same is true for us as children. Even if our father has not done right, even if our father has done great evil to us, if our father is still alive, then we need to forgive him. And I say that knowing full well that that is not always easy to do because there are great evils that occur sometimes between 
children and their fathers. But there needs to be forgiveness there. There needs to be restoration. That's what God's desire is for us in all of our relationships. And I believe especially so in the relationships between our fathers and our mothers. And perhaps if we pursue forgiveness, whether we are a child seeking our father or a father seeking our child, if we seek a relationship with them and offer the forgiveness that God has offered us, then perhaps, just perhaps, we'll see that compassion that we see in this story of this father. We see in Scripture that it is possible for a father to provoke a child, for a father not to raise a child appropriately. We see that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. We're going through the book of Colossians on Wednesday nights, by the way. We'll be getting to this in a few weeks if you want to learn more about the book of Colossians. But in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Now, we need to be careful if we're fathers that we don't provoke our children, that we help them not to become discouraged. We want to be an encouragement to our children, not too hard on our children. Not only are some fathers not an encouragement to their children, but some fathers are just outright not good fathers at all to their children. Now it's important for us to make a distinction here. When we talk about fathers, when we talk about God, when we are talking about a good father, we are talking about a perfect father. And perhaps there are some in the world who have not had a good father, who have had a bad father. But don't allow your worldly relationship with your father, who may or may not have been bad, to affect your relationship with God, because I want to assure you that God is a good father. It's very possible that worldly fathers have not been the best example and have not treated children the best. But I want to tell you that God is a perfect and a good heavenly father. A good father will do anything for you. A bad father will do everything to you. I can only imagine how difficult it must be for those who have had bad fathers. I'm blessed to have had a great father through my life. But I encourage you as we think about fathers today and as we think about God as our heavenly father to find forgiveness in your heart for your earthly father. And that may take a lot of prayer and that may take a lot of time in scripture. It's not probably just as easy as saying, oh yeah, I'm going to forgive my father who did X, Y, or Z to me. It might not come easy. But spend time in the word and spend time seeking the Lord and ask him to give you strength to forgive your father, to restore your relationship with your father. And if you are a father, or even a grandfather, maybe you've got young children or grandchildren that you are raising, well, don't be too hard on them, as this passage in Colossians says. Give them encouragement. Don't give them discouragement when they mess up. Don't jump all over them and say, are you stupid? You don't, don't you know that's not how you do it? Well, chances are, if it's a small child, they don't know that's how you do it. That's where that patience comes in. Let us encourage our children. I believe encouragement probably will help our children of the next generation to, 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 to go a lot further than we may think. Uh, one who is encouraged will gain a lot of confidence. And that's what we need as young men and young women who are encouraged and who are confident and who knows what it's like to live a godly life. And who better to show them how to do that than the fathers and grandfathers in their lives.
Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. What is the role of a father? Well, one of the roles of a father is to provide. Is to provide for their children. Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. This is Jesus speaking here. And the words that Jesus says here, he's using them as an example for, for really something else. But, but this example he uses, I believe, is powerful when it helps us to know just, just what a father should do. And, and even, even as earthly sinful people, Jesus acknowledges that most fathers are, are good. Most fathers do provide. And he, he tells us that in his example in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. He says, What man among you, if his son ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give, give, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, Jesus acknowledges that we're pretty rotten as human beings. We are sinful, evil people. But he says, even as evil as we are, he says, look, even, in, even as evil as we are, a father in this world, when his, when his kid asks for some bread, he doesn't give him a stone. A good father provides for his children. And that's what Jesus said. If we as evil people know what it's like, as we of earthly fathers know what it's like to provide for our children, how much more so does our Heavenly Father know how to provide for us? Now, this is important for men, especially for young men who are, have new children or have children on the way or may have children in the future. It is our job, men, to provide for our children, to provide for our families. For any young women who may be listening to this, who may be looking for a husband. If you want to know whether or not a man is going to be a good father, you can find that out very easily by seeing if he's a good husband. If your husband is not a good husband to you, if he does not care for you, if he does not provide for you, if he is not there for you, then guess what? He is not going to be a good father for your children. It's important for us men that we are first good husbands and that if children should be part of our life and God bless us in that way that we should be good fathers a father a good father provides a good father a good father may not a good father may not be cool he may not wear the coolest things he may not do the coolest things uh, a good father may not may not uh, drive the nicest vehicles a good father may not do all of those things, but a good father will provide for his children. A good father will do what is necessary. Now, I remember as a kid, I remember, you know, my dad driving all these old trucks, and I was thinking, man, when I get cool, I'm going to drive a cool truck. And I remember my dad working hard during the day and coming home at night and delivering firewood and having to help him, and I was thinking, man, this ain't no fun delivering firewood and getting up a lot of Saturdays and splitting firewood. Well, guess what? He wasn't doing that because it was fun. I didn't know that as a kid. He was doing that because it was necessary. Now, I like to have cool shoes and clothes and cool toys, and I never put two and two together 
that my dad drove old trucks and worked day and night and on the weekend so I could have what I wanted because he did what was necessary. He didn't do what was fun. He didn't do what was cool, but he did what was necessary, and that's what a good father will do. That's what a good man will do for his wife and a good father will do for his children. He will do what is necessary. And sadly, in our world today, we don't have enough good husbands and enough good children. We have a lot of men who will leave their wife and will leave their child and will go off and do what is fun and what is cool. That's not a good father. A good father does what is necessary. Now, that's not to say you can't be cool and fun if you're a father. I hope you are. But before you're cool and fun, you got to do what is right. you got to provide for your family. And Jesus says here, look, even evil fathers know what it means to provide for their family, although I'm afraid to there are many fathers today who don't know that truth that Jesus said. But praise the Lord, there are still many that do. There are still many good men of God who want to do what is right. And I pray that they will. I pray that we will be good men of God and be good fathers to our children, whether they are one years old or whether they are 60 years old. We'll be good to our grandchildren, whether they are young or whether they are grown. We want to continue to have good relationships with our fathers and with our children for all of our life. It's a shame when you see families that won't talk to each other, when you see children that won't talk to their father and fathers that won't talk to their children. Look, life is too short. Life is too short to be angry and bitter about something that happened 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Whatever relationships we have, if they're broken, we need to do our best to mend those relationships, to have compassion, to be fathers to our children. Even if our children are grown, we still, fathers, want to be good fathers to them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, the last passage we'll look at this morning. What is the role of the father that may be the most important role of all? Well, we see that in a command that God gives to his people in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Now, in the verse before this, he gives his people the most important command, to love God with all you have, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We've talked about that command on a few occasions in the last couple of months. That is the most important command. Everything else in the Old Testament and the law is summed up in love God and love people. It's all summed up in that statement. And those two things, as simple as they are, that's the most important command that we start God with. Love God with all you have. And what does God tell his people to do after getting this knowledge of what is most important? Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Okay, that's good. We want to remember that we're supposed to love God with all of our heart. And what are we to do with that? He says, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. There is nothing more important, men, that we can do than to teach our sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters to be men and women of God. How are they going to learn God's Word if you don't teach them? 
And so we got to teach our young people God's Word with every opportunity we get. Whether it's when we uh, are planting a garden or helping somebody that needs help, everything we do, we need to say, here's what God wants us to do. Here's, here's all the creation that God has given us. Look, we're planting these seeds in the ground and it's growing into a garden. Why? Because God is blessing this. Because God is providing food. Everything that we do is because God is with us and because God provides for us. And we need to pass that down to our children. They need to know that the only thing, the only person we can depend on that will always be there for us is God. We need to teach them about the strength of God, about the power of God, about the love of God, about the forgiveness of God. We need to let that be on our minds and, and coming out of our mouth as much as we can for our children and grandchildren. God says, look, I've told you what you need to do. I've told you what's the most important. Love me, follow me, trust me, and keep these things in your heart and repeat them to your children. Repeat. Don't just tell them once, okay, God loves you. That's good. All right, I told them. Now they know. No, you repeat it. You repeat it with your mouth and you repeat it with your actions. Love is an action. Love is not a word. Love is an action. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. You want your kids to know you love them, you never have to tell them you love them. Although it's good to, you should. But even if you didn't tell them you love them, you should live your life in a way that they know it. You should live your life in a way that they see that you care for them, that they know that you are there for them, that you comfort them when they are in trouble, when they are having hard times, that you discipline them when they are doing wrong. And, and, and you may say, well, man, a, a child doesn't see love and yes, discipline. Oh, yes, they do. It, 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 seems, it seems counterintuitive, but a child knows love and discipline. A child learns that. So we need to show our children love in every way. We need to show them that we love them by the way that we provide for them, by the way that we are there for them, by the way that we forgive them, by the way that we treat others. If we are a child of God, men, fathers, grandfathers, then we need to live our life in a way to say, okay, we have learned what's most important in Jesus Christ and Christ crucified and resurrected and, 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 and the way Jesus lived his life and the examples he gave and the commands he gave. We know this is truth and it is our job, man, to pass this truth to the next generation. And I hope that we will be found faithful doing that. I hope that we will realize that God is a good father. And you may not have seen that in your life with your father, but I encourage you to read God's Word. And I want you to know that for those fathers who have not done what is right, they are not living their life in the way that God wants them to. They are not doing what God called them to. But I want to tell you what, God is a perfect father. God is a loving father. And God is a God who provides. He has provided for his people all throughout Scripture, and he is still providing for his children today. And I hope that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you are experiencing God's provision, and you know what it's like to have a perfect father. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your good words, and I pray, God, that you would just uh, help us to have a good day. 
Dear Lord, maybe there are some today and their fathers are, are not with them anymore. I pray that you give them comfort. I know that today is a sad day for some, thinking back of, of, of good memories that they've had with their father. Now, I pray that you would just comfort those who have lost them. And God, I pray that you would be with those who still have a father. God, I pray that those relationships would be great and that they can have a good relationship with their dad. And God, I pray that if there are some relationships maybe that are broken today, maybe there's been some wrongs done by a child or by a father and the relationship is fractured, but I pray, God, that by your strength and by your power that you can restore those relationships and that forgiveness can occur. And I pray, God, that you would help the fathers that are here today and the ones that are listening online, that you would help them to be good fathers, to be good grandfathers, to do what is necessary, dear Lord, to provide for their families, for their children. And I pray, God, that in everything that, that we do as men and women of God, that we impart your truth and your love and your grace and your mercy to a younger generation. God, that we repeat the words of your commands, that we repeat the need to love you and to love others, dear Lord, that we acknowledge that all that we have is because you have blessed us with it. And God, let our children and grandchildren know that important truth and let them know about Jesus Christ. And I pray that if there is one that has never put their faith in Jesus, that today they would just repent of their sin, they would just stop, they would just acknowledge that they know that they're a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus... And Jesus alone is that Savior, that he gave his life on the cross, that we could be forgiven. And if we put our faith in him, dear Lord, we will be forgiven of our sins. And God, I pray that if there is one that has not done that, that today that they would do that. And God, I pray that when we do that, that we recognize and acknowledge that you are a perfect father, that you are a good father. And God, I pray that we don't forget that today. God, we thank you for being our good father, and we thank you for the fathers that we have in this world. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.